I'm Chase Brook with Brook Ranch in Pearl, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Thanks so much for taking time to join us for another edition of Texas Ag Today. Why don't you jump on in with me and buckle up? We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, USDA has announced more funding to expand meat processing in the U.S. And that funding includes one project right here in Texas. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. There are all kinds of producer education meetings taking place in and around the Texas High Plains this month. One that is specifically designed to help producers make more money is the Master Marketer Program. I'm James Hunt and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today. As the 88th session of the Texas Legislature is about to begin, there are several priorities that farmers and ranchers will be interested in during the session. And I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have a preview of a couple of those issues high on the minds of agricultural producers on Texas Ag Today. A new year means new faces in Congress. I'm Chad Smith, and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. USDA is releasing another round of funding to help increase meat packing capacity in the U.S. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack announced the $9.6 million grant and loan program Thursday, saying the money will go to 25 projects in 16 states, including one right here in Texas. A project for the bottom line prime in Amarillo, Texas, will receive roughly $4.9 million. This investment is going to be used for the acquisition and expansion of a custom meat location in Amarillo. Bottomland Prime plans to include custom USDA-inspected processing for local producers and specialty markets, as well as local retail sales of beef cuts, sausage, jerky, pork, and lamb. They will also include wholesale markets through different convenience stores and cold storage services. Vilsack says the bottom line is it will provide a custom market for local ranchers and another way for consumers to buy locally produced meats. This is an opportunity for custom USDA inspected slaughter for local producers, creating an additional market opportunity as well as an additional local retail outlet. Uh, So it's going to provide farmers and ranchers in that area additional market opportunity as well as consumers with more choice and hopefully more value. This is the latest in several funding announcements from USDA designed to provide more markets for U.S. livestock producers. 
Omega Feeders of Lasbity, Texas, recently announced a new state-of-the-art feeding facility that will accommodate up to 9,000 head when finished. The company says the feedlot will provide an efficient and environmentally friendly way to produce high-quality beef, saying it has invested in the latest technology to ensure the feedlot exceeds all industry standards. Omega says the feedlot will have an efficient, environmentally friendly approach to producing high-quality beef at an economical price. Work on the 2023 Farm Bill is officially underway for this new Congress, with House Agriculture Committee Chairman G.T. Thompson holding a Farm Bill listening session in his home state of Pennsylvania. You know, in the past 19 months, uh, I have been uh, in at least 40 states doing roundtables, listening sessions, tours, you know, spending time with uh, with the people of American agriculture, right? Uh, those hardworking families. And my goal is uh, to pull is to pull their voices and to bring their voices back to Washington to, to, you know, to be a part of this 2023 Farm Bill process. Thompson says he plans to hold listening sessions around the country in the near future, but he does realize the short amount of time that the committee has to get the Farm Bill done this year. There are all kinds of producer education meetings taking place across Texas this month. James Hunt tells us the Master Marketer Program is specifically designed to help producers make more money. As we roll deeper into January, there are a whole lot of winter meetings coming up. One of the most popular producer education opportunities every year is Master Marketer. Texas A&M Ag Economist Mark Welch says Master Marketer offers broad-based education in risk management. We talk about production risk, price risk, legal risk, financial risk, human risk, you know, all those elements and all those pieces that come together, and we offer a program that gets in-depth in all these issues. The Master Marketer classes are being offered in Vernon this year, beginning on January 24th, with a total of four two-day sessions involved. We spend a lot of time together developing tools to analyze risk, tools that we can adapt and use on our farms and ranches, and then tools that have proven to be effective as persons who have graduated from this Master Marketer program have reported to us their increase in confidence of using marketing plans. Along with the in-person sessions in Vernon, virtual attendance options are also available. If you'd like to know more about the program, including how to get enrolled, contact Texas A&M AgriLife or search online using the words Master Marketer 2023 Vernon. Now, taking a look at some of the other producer education opportunities that are being offered by AgriLife, coming up on January 18th, there's the Rebuilding Your Herd and Pasture Seminar in Dumas. On January 19th, there's the Northwest Panhandle Crops Conference in Stratford. And on January 20th in Plainview, it's the Mid Plains Ag Expo. Contact the Extension offices in those locations for more details. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The 88th session of the Texas Legislature kicks off soon. Tom Nicoletti looks at some of the agricultural priorities in this session. My guest today from Austin is Charlie Leal. He is Texas Farm Bureau State Legislative Director. And Charlie, uh, with uh, the legislature uh, set to begin Tuesday, January 10th, certainly uh, farmers and ranchers in the largest uh, farm and ranch organization in the state have a lot on their minds when uh, the session begins. And one of those issues that you folks will be tracking uh, considerably is right to farm. 
Absolutely, Tom. We are seeing instances where we have farmers and ranchers who are being cited by municipalities taking certain actions against those producers on property and land that has been in agriculture use for generations, but have been now overtaken by those cities through annexation. And they're treating those pieces of land as commercial or residential lot and not recognizing the true agriculture use. So that has become a major issue. Charlie, another issue for farmers and ranchers is truth in labeling and what the deceptive labeling food products uh, means to the agricultural industry. Yeah, this is something that we've been seeing for quite a while. These are your meat alternative products being advertised and pushed out to the consumer as a meat product uh, using a logo that has a cow on it, a chicken on it. And we're seeing some consumer confusion on that issue. And that's something that will be a, a big issue and something that will impact producers across the state. That is Texas Farm Bureau State Legislative Director Charlie Leal from Austin. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. A new year means new faces in Congress. Chad Smith reports from Washington. Political parties and their candidates spent more than $16 billion on the 2022 election. Randy Dwyer, the Senior Director of Political Advocacy and Engagement at the American Farm Bureau Federation, talks about the thin majorities in both the House and Senate. Majority in the House Representatives is 218. Republicans did gain majority. They have 222. Now, that's the exact same number that the Democrats have as they leave Congress as a majority right now. So, it flipped in the Senate. It was 50-50. Now, the midterms created a runoff in Georgia to decide what this new makeup is going to be in the Senate. And it did go to the Democrats, then come at one. So that gave them 51 to 49. But what happened after the election was that one of the Democrats became an independent. So that puts a monkey wrench into things in the Senate. Democrats will keep control of the Senate as Democratic Vice President Kamala Harris can cast a vote to break a 50-50 tie. Dwyer is hopeful the changes in Congress won't mean a lot for U.S. farmers and ranchers. The folks that we deal with in the Senate are still there, as well as in the House Representatives. So the leadership in the House Agriculture Committee, as well as the leadership in the Senate Agriculture Committee, are known entities to us and vice versa, and we look forward to working with them. We do know that they are working hard towards a farm bill, and we look forward to working with them not only through AFBF, but also at the state and county level. Dwyer talks about the first priorities once the 118th Congress is sworn in. We do have the farm bill coming up. It gets reauthorized every five years. It's going to be an important thing. But there's other things we're keeping an eye on, too, and that includes things like taxes, regulations, inflation, input costs, and access to markets. These are all important issues to Farm Bureau members, people who want to make sure their businesses not only survive but thrive in the challenges ahead. From Washington, I'm Chad Smith for Texas Ag Today. A piece of legislation designed to improve chronic wasting disease research and education has passed. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And grain-free diets for dogs are still being recommended, but they may not be the best for your dog. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, call 833-TX-HEALTH or visit 833-TXHEALTH.com. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Grain-free diets for dogs are still being recommended by some, but Dr. Bob Judd says a grain-free diet is not the best for your dog. Many folks are still feeding their dogs grain-free food. I'm not sure if this is due to breeder recommendations, online recommendations, or recommendations of employees at pet food stores. But another study just published December of 2022 confirms the findings of other studies. The study involved 23 dogs eating non-traditional grain-free diets and 23 dogs eating traditional commercial diets. And the dogs were fed these diets for over a year. Dilated cardiomyopathy is the concern with feeding grain-free diets, and since some dog breeds are genetically linked to this syndrome, those breeds like Dobermans, Irish Wolfhounds, and Great Danes were excluded from the study. The diets used specifically included the ingredients peas, lentils, chickpeas, with some potatoes and sweet potatoes. Echocardiogram measurements indicated that dogs on the grain-free diets had lower ejection fraction than dogs on the normal diets. The ejection fraction is the amount of blood ejected from the left ventricle when the heart contracts, indicating the heart is a less effective pump in dogs fed to grain-free diets. Also, the left ventricles in the dogs on the grain-free diets were enlarged compared to dogs on the regular diets. An enlarged left ventricle is common to dogs with dilated cardiomyopathy. So results indicated that dogs on non-traditional grain-free diets containing chickpeas, lentils, peas, and some potatoes had lower left ventricular function and a larger left ventricle than dogs eating traditional foods. If you're feeding grain-free food, ask your veterinarian for their opinion. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Chronic wasting disease research and education will now get more funding. Jessica Domel tells how in today's Wildlife Report. After months of waiting, a piece of legislation that authorizes funding for chronic wasting disease research and education has been passed by Congress. The Chronic Wasting Disease Research and Management Act was included in the year-end Omnibus Spending Act. According to the National Deer Association, the act will support state and federal management efforts and will support CWD research to combat the fatal neurological deer disease. NDA's president and CEO Nick Penizzato said the passage of the CWD Research and Management Act is the result of a lot of hard work and dedication by conservationists across the country. He said new dollars for state management and additional research into CWD are desperately needed, as is evidenced by the disease's continued spread in 2022. The bill authorizes $70 million annually from fiscal year 2022 to fiscal year 2028 for research and development. The U.S. Department of Agriculture will administer the funding through cooperative agreements with other agencies. The act authorizes USDA, state, and tribal agencies to develop educational materials to inform the public about CWD. 
It also directs USDA to review its herd certification plan within 18 months of the Act's passage. The herd certification plan provides a list of requirements for people who breed deer, elk, or other CWD-susceptible species who wish to sell or move their animals across state lines. The House version of the bill passed in December of 2021. The Senate version was held up in the chamber and was ultimately included in the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2023. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dolmel. The cattle complex closed lower in Friday's trade, but the cotton market took a jump higher. We'll check out all of Friday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. After my first car accident, I feared the biggest damage would be to my wallet. I expected a mountain of bills and a long, drawn-out process. But my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent was there when I needed her and helped me get back on my feet and in my car in no time. Instead of a hassle, I got reassurance and a quick recovery. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an agent who's there when you need them most. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The cattle market was in the red Friday, ending the trading week lower on both live and feeder cattle. February live cattle dropped 57 cents to close at 156.77. April down 60 cents, 160.67. June live cattle down 72, 156.55. Feeder cattle finishing the week lower also with January down $1.10, 182.70. March feeders down 90, 185.65, with April feeder cattle down 70 cents, 189.82. Cash fed cattle market wrapping up the week on Friday with cattle selling at 157 here in Texas. That's a steady market compared to the previous week. Up north, dressed cattle sold at 252. That is steady as well. Boxed beef prices higher Friday. Choice up a dollar sixty, two eighty three twenty three. Select up three forty five at two sixty forty. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Now most of you hear us do our post sale reports each Monday through Friday here on the network. Now we do pre sale reports to get geared up for those. Let's air this one. From Jody Fry at Producers in Cargill. I got this one about 5.15 a.m. As Jody was driving into the sale they had on Thursday. Jody, how was it shaping up? 1050 on the yards right now, Larry. Uh, no, a few cattle coming this morning should have. Somewhere in the neighborhood of 1150 to 1200 head total. Good. What's your feed situation in that country? It's decent. Uh, this uh, These small grains had a setback, uh, but if there's anything on it, of course, when they eat it, the ground's kind of dormant, and it's pretty much gone for the most part, but it's holding up fairly well. But, you know, these pastures, they uh, they didn't have much time to improve this fall. Uh, as you drive across the country, it, it looks like the dead of winter. And, uh, hopefully spring will bring some rain because we, we need a game changer on this one. Right. How's your numbers holding up? I know a lot of people turned loose of what they had west. How is it uh, further back east? So far, so good, but I'm afraid after about the first four to six weeks of the new year, our numbers will really start to drop off, and then we'll kind of see what's what's 
out there. But uh, look for a good sale this week. Another one, of course, next week. Uh, next week for everyone in this country should be the big sale. Uh, and then weather permitting, that third and fourth week will kind of, I think, start to slide off a little bit. But uh, good runs for sure in the month of January. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Jody Fry. You bet. We're there at the office at 325-653-3371. My mobile phone would be 234-7895. Always appreciate a call from you. Thank you. Thank you, Larry. Neighbor, this is Larry Marble in San Angelo reporting for Texas Ag Today. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now where lean hogs took a drop on Friday. February hogs down 225 at 8027. April hogs down a dollar eighty-seven, eighty-nine sixty-five. Class three milk was strongly higher Friday. January milk up twenty-three cents, nineteen thirty-four a hundredweight. February milk up thirty-four at eighteen sixty-five a hundred. Big jump in the cotton market on Friday. The outside markets really helping to push prices higher. We had a sharply higher stock market and a lower U.S. dollar on Friday. That's two things that the cotton market loves to see. March cotton up 310 points, 85.68. The May up 303, 85.65. While new crop December was up 215, 82.63. Corn market steady to slightly higher. The nearby contracts getting some support from the ongoing drought in Argentina. March corn up one and a quarter, 654 a bushel. New crop September corn unchanged at 606 and a quarter. Not much news to move the wheat market on Friday, so we just drifted lower with March Kansas City wheat down seven and three quarters, 832 a bushel. New crop July down seven, 823 and three quarters. Same story in the soft wheat market. March Chicago wheat down three and a quarter, 743 and a half. With new crop July off three cents, seven fifty-six and a quarter. In the energy markets, February natural gas up a penny, three seventy-three. February West Texas crude down a penny, seventy-three sixty-six a barrel. The financial markets were sharply higher Friday afternoon. The Dow up seven hundred forty-one points, thirty-three thousand six seventy-one. The Nasdaq up two eighty-six at ten thousand five ninety-one. The S&P up 95 at 3,903. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A, Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.